Hello. Welcome. Hello. Welcome, welcome, welcome to welcome. Uh, episode one of season two of Ringham and Godzilla's Alphabites. Oh, feels good to How do you like them apples? I like it a lot. It feels <laughs> good. Uh, oh. Well, we should introduce ourselves again because we might have some new people coming in. Yeah. Uh, you know, people say we sound the same. People think we've got the same voice. Which we blatantly haven't, by the way. No, we are different people. We are different people. We haven't learnt to throw our voices. No, although it is a bit like a ventriloquist act in several ways. Uh, uh, but anyway, um, for, for the benefit of anyone listening at all, uh, my name is Robert Ringham, and uh, to my immediate left here, reclining upon a beanbag, <laughs> is, is none other than the, the fashion maven, the, I've said that one before, the amazing, the incredible, the huge penis of Kenny Baker. No, I'm kidding. It's Mr. Daniel James Godsell. Yay! Hey. So, can you believe it? This is the first episode of season two, the first time we met and we were talking in your kitchen about David Attenborough. Do you think then you ever expected to have a second series of a podcast? <laughs> well, not really. No, I'm going to say I didn't even expect that we'd do a whole first one. No, a whole first podcast or a whole first series. A whole first series. Well, yes, the first podcast. The fact that we ever spoke is slightly. <laughs> slightly <laughs> yeah. We should have just looked at each other and gone, no, no, this shouldn't happen. Absolutely, um, we're from different walks of life. Yeah. Much like when um, Eddie Large and Sid Little met, they should never have got involved. Mm. But it's a good job they did, otherwise they wouldn't have their sterling comedy heritage to look back upon. <laughs> Same thing. Exactly. Um, so, uh, yeah, we, we talked about David Attenborough, I think, on that day, and you said, um, wouldn't it be brilliant if you uh, got a grant and allowed a, a team of gorillas <laughs> to film David Attenborough all day, yeah. basically to see how he would like it. <laughs> so they're filming him in bed with his wife, they're filming him smoking outside when he shouldn't be, having they're filming him having a poo on the toilet. Brilliant. So I think from that point... I knew, I just knew that we were going to get along. Dave, the other thing you did on that first day, the yeah. first time we met after the Attenborough incident, um, you were you had five beer bottles, empty beer bottles, and you were going to put them in the bin. Yeah. And then I added another one to it, and it was six. And you went, oh, that's too many to throw away. I'll have to go to the bottle bank now. <laughs> I, and I just loved the precision that you got this personal policy that you had to stick to. You know, it's like five, bin it, six, that warrants a trip. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's that's perfect. It's better. It's better than just throwing them all in the bin. I could not agree more. So, um, well, I'm not sure what you've been up to, but we'll leave that for a second. Uh, <laughs> but I've been reading uh, this book, um, Malcolm Gladwell's Blink. Right. Um, and basically, it's about the idea that sort of lengthy, informed, well-researched decisions might not be as good as an immediate snapshot reading of a situation because when you do that it's the uh, it's the unconscious mind which is far more powerful when it comes to decision making than right. the rational mind right so maybe we should listen to our conscious minds a bit more now to be honest is that how we justify this podcast uh, absolutely right absolutely well, that was where i was going but, <laughs> but since you've got out well the thing is <laughs> might turn off now <laughs> but the other thing is i mean i haven't read it all i just read the first two pages obviously right that was yeah. enough and uh, that was my impression but uh, one bit i did get to which i thought was quite interesting is um it's about prejudice right uh so he's talked a lot about sexual prejudice right. racial prejudice and he's just got to a bit about height now what he did he interviewed um, most of the uh, CEOs, the, the managing directors of the Fortune 500 companies, right? So he went around to, I don't know, Unilever, Microsoft, and, and, and met all the managers yeah. and surveyed them. And one of the things he asked them was their height, amongst other questions. And th this was his findings. This is a, a direct reading from the book. 
Uh, in the US population, about 14.5% of all men are six feet or taller. Among CEOs of Fortune 500 companies, that number is 58%. Now, isn't that interesting? So 14.5% of the population are tall, right. but in the Fortune 500 companies, it's run by 58% tall people. So there is clearly a prejudice against tall men. Yeah. Now, how do you feel about that as a man who's... Uh, well, first of all, how, how tall are you, if you don't mind me asking? Um, I'm short. You're short. Basically. Well, this, this, is, this is one of the... Know. It's hard to tell. With all good double acts, there has to be differences. And yes. I'm quite tall at six foot two. Uh, I think that's officially tall. Yeah. And Dan, you're short. Sort of four feet. Officially tall. Short. <laughs> I'm not, well, yes. Yeah, I'm like a woman. No, no, no. Don't I say am, that. No, I'm, I am like a woman's height. Oh, okay. You're like petite. If, yeah, if I if I, I think if if I were a woman, I wouldn't be seen as that short. Right. I'd be seen as fairly normalish. But I find this very interesting because um, I, when we absolutely first met, I never thought, oh, he's short. It never entered my mind. It's because I was. So that was an issue. It's because I sat down. Well, I remember you telling me a story that the, the people in your office at the time called you a hobbit and stuff, and it, it just struck me as extremely unfair. And. Uh, I don't, I, to this day, I do not judge you by your height. I judge you by, it, you know, frankly, the first impressions, the Malcolm Gladwell style, first impressions were yeah. not that he was short, but that he's got stupid hair and he says stupid things. <laughs> those <laughs> are the things I can't that, even remember what my hair was like in those days. It's pretty much the same as it is now. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, to, to this very day, that's how I judge you, by your uh, aesthetic uselessness. And uh, the, the stupid things that you come out with. As soon as you just thought I, I was short. <laughs> it's less offensive, surely. But the things you say, surely that's a fair judge of your character. Right. But judging you by your height is neither one thing or the other. Well. I don't even know what people think of when they think of height. If they go, oh, he's short, I'll, I'll stay away from him or I'll not promote him. Yeah. I think, why? I think it's presence. Oh, think of Peter Jones off of the Dragon's Den. Right, he, he's very tall. Yes, and I imagine if he walks into a boardroom, he's got a certain amount of presence and authority before he even opens his mouth because he's tall. Yeah, you see, may, maybe this is because I'm a tall man myself, but I have genuinely never felt this. If someone comes in and they're tall or short, it, it, I, I don't even recognise. They've got to be. Like Warwick Davis, right? They've got to be Kenny. They've got to be three foot for me to notice that they're small, and they've got to be seven or eight foot for me to notice. They've got to be Andre the Giant or Warwick Davis. Is what I'm saying. And they need to be together, so you've got perspective. As well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You've got a comparison. Although I must admit, I was quite excited when I was living in Montreal to get you and my friend Chris together because yes. Chris is a good five six inches taller than me. He's he's got to be almost seven foot. He's very tall. And uh, I just thought, I'm, I'm really looking forward to uh, putting you together. I'll sit you on his lap. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was it. That was the last time we did a podcast. It was back in Montreal. Um, and now right. we're actually both in the UK. Hello. Hey. It's well, better, isn't it? It's better in the UK. Yeah, well, well no, I'm not sure. <laughs> you might say that because it's new to you again. It's all, <laughs> it's all fresh. To me, I'm, I'm fairly bored. Uh, to be honest, I was... My first kind of getting over this way. Oh, I'll explain. When I left Montreal, I, went, I flew to Amsterdam, yes. and then I flew from Amsterdam to the UK. And oh my, yeah, my story. In my this. plane had to had to turn around, right? Which is weird in itself. I think. Yeah. Usually, you think of a plane going from one place to another, yeah. not going from one place 
turning around. You don't imagine much steering to yeah. be involved you, in the entire operation. The, the pilot operation. hasn't forgotten his... He, <laughs> he thinks he's left the gas on. Right? Yeah. Or he's, he's forgotten the uh, the bottle of wine because they're going uh, to someone's house and they feel like you have to buy wine. But then you end up drinking it yourself anyway. It's weird, isn't it? <laughs> That's true, yeah. So you always, you always buy... That's a different subject, you wine buy, etiquette. Yeah, I guess so. But you always buy... I don't know about you, but I always buy the wine I really like as a gift because yep. you know you'll end up drinking it. Yeah, later. that's true. That's quite good. It's bilateral. But anyway... Uh, yeah, so the plane turned around because there was smoke in the cabin. Fucking hell. Which is... Um, if it wasn't for me being really, really uh, tired and a little bit drunkish... Uh, because of the uh, lovely free wine that KLM give you on the way over. Of course. Um, I think I'd have been scared. But, I uh, would be... Having me on the plane under those circumstances would be worse than the problem itself. I'd be, <laughs> I'd be panicking. You'd have opened the emergency exit. And I'd out. have been out there. People would have been blown out into the coldest <laughs> above the Atlantic. I would have freaked out. So, uh, you know, if they'd have come on and goes, um, oh, ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. Um, there is a little bit of smoke in a cockpit. I'd have been just, fucking hell. It would have been awful. It would have been awful. I'd have been pounding at the windows, punching babies. It would just be pandemonium. So how did you deal with it? Uh, just sort of. Didn't really do anything. Well, what was weird, it was a very quiet flight, so I had no one in my immediate area. Uh-huh. Um, there was a guy in front of me and the seat in front of me. That was it. Uh, but what was also terrible is, is they spoke. They did it in two other. The announcement was in two other languages before, before English. Yeah. <laughs> so there were a lot of other people that I could hear a certain like muttering through people and stewardesses and the hostesses and all. Whatever. So it's like a Mexican wave of panic. So first the yeah. Dutch people are going ah, and then the French people are like, exactly more. <laughs> yeah, if, if, if people had started ringing loved ones and crying around yeah. me, I'd have probably been more frightened. People were just sort of like. Touched a little bit, and, uh, oh. and the plane started banking. Wow! Um, but what was also strange is, is my, my so... daddy is a banker. Is he? he banks all day. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Um, they, the, the announcements in other languages, especially in Dutch, seem to go on for a lot longer. I thought he was giving them more information than he. Yeah. I think by he got he managed to summarise it by the time he got to the English version. I wonder if there's more just more words in the Dutch language. Maybe it's harder to convey. The same message, yeah. but maybe uh, you know, maybe if the pilot's Dutch, maybe he's just got more vocabulary. Yeah, that's true. When it, if they'd have had to do more languages than the th- than the three, if it had gone to six languages, the yeah. end one would have ended up being smoke. We're going back. <laughs> <laughs> Not many words at all. Wow, that's <clears throat> quite a story. That was it. I can't remember why I was saying that. Oh yeah, just to say we're back in the UK. Rob's flown over now. Um, so and uh, we we think the the majority of this season of podcasts are probably going to be broadcast from. Glasgow. Glasgow, yes. Yeah, so I'm going back to Glasgow where I, I lived for five years. It's my, my favourite place to be. Uh, in, in and the world, uh, would you say? Probably in the world. That you've been to, not like, obviously. There could, yeah. be some, there could be some utopia, which is just like Glasgow, but um, <laughs> with um, better drainage. Um, that would, that would, well, that would be that would be better, wouldn't it? If it was an exact replica of Glasgow, but there was just one thing slightly better. Yeah. Um, well, I think if money was no option, yeah, Glasgow, but. You know, given given that context, well, maybe Berlin is a better place to live, or Montreal because it's, you know, there's a lot of things similar. They have kind of interesting cultural backgrounds, but they're much cheaper to live in. Glasgow is quite expensive, especially in the West End. So there we go. But anyway, um, yeah. So I'm going back to Glasgow. I've got a place lined up there, and uh, you and I are going to be uh, 
doing the majority of this series from there. Yes, think. yes, yes, you will. It'll be delightful. I'll be popping up after work. Yay! Um, That's very adventurous, Dan. I think a lot of people just, uh, if I said, if I said to my dad, "Dad, after work, just pop up to Glasgow and see me. It's only four hours." He'd go. He just. You know, it would be like asking him to de- de- defy the laws of physics. <laughs> He's probably more likely to defy the laws of physics than come and visit <laughs> you and just go after work. Well, uh, well, that's true. But, uh, I mean, I think that is very true. That's the kind of Midlands mentality. I know that when I first moved to Glasgow, I just thought, well, that's it. I'll never see my parents again, even though it's only four, four hours away. It's crazy, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But I think when you do go to other countries, you go to America, your, your perspective of scale does shift a bit, doesn't mm. it? Like, the nearest city to Montreal is sort of four or five hours away, yeah. whereas we've got several cities to pass through before we meet our That's destination true. after four hours. Well, you know when there's like an end-of-the-world scenario? Yeah. People always phone their loved ones. Right. I just think, what's the point? Where's this going? Where, what has this got to do with... Well, I was just wondering if, like, I was just thinking of Glasgow perhaps, like, ending, and you might yeah. try and... You might try and call your parents, right, to let them know and say you love them and stuff before yeah. you all die. Yeah, I'm just saying, oh, why bother? Why bother? Why bother calling them? Yeah, oh, to give them something to. No, but they could. They're going to die as well. Everyone's going to die. Yeah, so they're going to die. So it's 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 your way of comforting them at their final moment. You say, look, we're all going to die, but that's what I want you to know. I've always loved you. You're my parents. We've had a few little little rows over the years, but you know. You're a great mum and dad. And that would be nice for them to take to their grave, wouldn't it? When the zombies come, they can think of that yeah, when they're having their brains chomped on. That's true. I think the only way I could justify it is if uh, you knew they were going to be able to bring people back. Because that would be awkward if you didn't phone them and then, like, in, in, <laughs> in, a, in a millennia, right, you all get reanimated. And um, you'll, you'll find your loved ones again. On, and, on, um, and your dad's been holding a grudge. On Jehovah's Witness Judgment Day when all the bodies rise <laughs> yeah. up. And your dad's there and he's all rotten. He's, he's like, so right, oh, son, why don't you, you... you come and say goodbye to me? And your poor old long-suffering mother. <laughs> you She's been worried about you for the last for million, million years. million years. <laughs> to be honest, I've forgotten who you are. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, that would when, happen, wouldn't it? Did your dad start, come, from, did he come from Yorkshire now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Yorkshire black countryman. Ah. <laughs> um, so we do have a lot to talk about. Uh, it's comic relief. Oh, there's a sugar in my coffee. Oh, no. How did that happen? I Stephanie. Think, yeah. Oh. oh, never mind. I'm not really... In, I used to have sugar. I, I used to... Uh, oh, but you've been apart from your previous girlfriend for so long. She's she she's forgotten who you yeah. are. She thinks you're the sugar, coffee-drinking man that she she used to go out with. But you're not. You've changed. I am. I, I don't have sugar anymore. What else has changed? Um, that's probably it. It's probably it. <laughs> I've, uh... I'll tell you what's changed. It's comic relief. <laughs> <laughs> As it is at approximately this this uh, this time every two years. I think. Yes, yes. Um, um... And the the reason I bring this up is because I, I don't know if you're aware of this, but last night, well, yesterday, the whole of yesterday yeah. was a twenty four hour marathon panel show, um, and uh, it, you know it's all the famous par- panel shows. So mock the week, QI, Buzzcocks, Argumental, uh, Have I Got News for You. They basically. They recorded them bumper to bumper over a 24-hour period. Right. And David Walliams was a guest on every single one. Wow. So he had to stay up for 24 hours and do every single panel show. Uh, it was brilliant. But also, it was broadcast live on the internet. It was streamed. So it wasn't on a TV station. It was just streamed onto the BBC website. Wow. And I was watching it live last night for about three hours. Mm. And uh, it was brilliant because you see how they make the show. Mm. 
So uh, it, they've actually got a kind of temporary studio for it. So, for example, the QI, they're not in the QI studio, but they make it look like it. Right, they have all right. the usual people. Um, you know, it's pretty typical example of that panel show. Um, but you, you see how they do it, and you see like the little bits. And uh, I was very impressed at when things go wrong. Um, Rufus Hound was good at this. He would basically take control of the live side of the show. So he would come out and address the people watching on the internet, and he'd come out and address the audience, and he'd say, oh, now, what's happened here is this, and you normally watch uh, Five News for You, but we actually make a rubbish thing on digital television uh, for readers of Heat magazine, and you're expecting more from us, but it's not going to happen. We can't deliver. I just thought it was like very professional of Rufus Hound to have this concern and regard for the audience, oh. whereas a lot of the other comedians sort of didn't pick on the pick up on the fact that people are watching this at home on the internet and stuff. They just sort of they just came in to do their job. That was it. But Hound was great. He was very professional. I was amazed. But anyway, yeah, that's besides the point. Mock the week especially, right? So what did I see? I saw the last little bit of Mock the Week. Right. Then I went off to do something else. Came back, saw the last ten minutes or so of Celebrity Juice, which by the way is fucking rubbish. Mm. Really bad. Uh, is that with Avid Merriam? The same guy, Lee right. Francis, yeah. It's different character he's playing. Right. But same same guy. Uh, and uh, I was trying to stay up to watch QI, but I fell asleep in the middle of it. Cause it what time is that then? I think it started at half midnight, but it takes like an hour and a half to record, and I was tired, and I just fell asleep. Uh, and Buzzcox was out of the question. That didn't happen until about 4am. <laughs> so, uh, poor David Williams. But um, the reason I really wanted to bring this up is because I found it interesting how difficult the professional comics found it to truly ad-lib. So, right. Mock the Week was recorded over about two, maybe even three hours, and you, they edited down to half an hour. And basically they were all telling jokes that didn't make sense. Um, I, I did remember one, which I'll come to in a second. Uh, but, but, you know, giant comedians. So but they're given the material. They're given all the questions before the show. That's right. Usually. So they've... Well, I, th I presume they did this time as well. Uh, but they were really struggling to make stuff up. Okay. And even when they did, it didn't quite make sense, and the audience aren't laughing. Right. So clearly they put in a bit of canned laughter when they put it out. And um, it struck me as, you know, any comedian worth his salt should, you know, at least have that one basic skill. And you and me, Dan, we're thinking of going to Edinburgh to do, <laughs> an, to do an hour every day of completely unprepared stuff. Yeah. And we're... Dan, we're not Andy Parsons. No. <laughs> You're not even Mark Thomas. Well, when I say Mark Thomas, I like him. I meant Mark Watson. Mark Watson. Oh, he looks like you. He looks like me, apparently. He does. Yeah, he does a he little does, bit. Yeah, I can see, I can apparently, see he does look like me. He does a little bit. Well, he wears glasses and he's, we're the same age. We're white. That's, That's about the extent a, of it. A bit of a beard. Bit of a scruff. Bit of a scruffy beard. I try beard. not to have a bit of a scruff. Do you like to shave? Um, I, I like a shave. Oh, I left my handle in the car. Oh. You know, because um, I bought what was I, I was quite proud. Out. I was quite proud of myself yeah. for um, what I did. I bought a, a year's worth of razors right. in one go, which is better, uh -huh. but it saves money. Um, yes, I do that too. But what I did is I was going. I was staying somewhere, so I put I put a razor in the car. Right. Right. So my razor was in the car, and I thought, brilliant. I can shave while I'm there. Just I'm not sure why. I don't really grow a big beard overnight, but I thought just in case. So I that out with oh, it's the first burp of series oh. two. Oh. Sorry, go on. Well, I was in the bath and I thought I need a shave. Looked for my handle, couldn't find it. So I went and got just the just the razor blade itself and had to <laughs> use that 
kind of gripped between my uh, my fingers and um, and showed me that, and I cut myself. Oh no! Oh, I was really proud that I I'd sort of thought of uh, thought of doing that. Here's a little bit of um, showbiz inside behind the scenes. Before a show, before a live show, yeah. I won't shave. I always make sure I've shaved a day in advance. Right. Uh, because, well, I don't want to be completely preened when I go on. I want a little tiny bit of roughage. Yeah. Uh, and also, what if I cut myself? It's never happened. I've never cut myself shaving. But if I did, they'd think, fucking idiot, he can't even shave. Oh, yeah, They're not going to trust me then, are they? you have to put a plaster on it like a wrapper. <laughs> uh, what oh, rappers do that? Uh, oh, one of them What does. rapper ever cut himself shaving? I'll tell you who he wasn't. Scroobius Pip. <laughs> it wasn't Scroobius Pip. He's never shaved. <laughs> that beard. I would love a beard like that. It's pretty amazing. Really jealous of his beard. He said, He said. Uh, it was a wonderful thing he said in, in his poetry book type thing. He says, um, he says he's got to attribute much of his fame to the fact that he wears like an American trucker cap and has a big beard. Uh-huh. Uh, and he just said he really got, he got noticed. Uh, which is, <laughs> I guess it's true. <laughs> uh, in many ways I don't really have any other than being short I don't really have any features of, uh, I should get one what do you mean features? like I've got nothing that's recognisable I think you're quite recognisable really? oh but you want to be recognisable from the silhouette like uh, yes. like Russell Brand or a Simpsons yes. character or Zorro Zorro? <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> I'd recognise him anywhere the mask of Godsil I'd like yeah. to see that um, I'd put a, a G I'd, I'd whip a G into someone's chest <laughs> not sure what with a G clamp a G- <laughs> yeah, like well, it um, I haven't used a G clamp in a long time oh, we, need to, we need to work on your image then don't we Dan actually what? I think together we've got an image I think our silhouette together is quite yeah, recognisable our, our... The, the, only, the, only time, the only thing anyone might confuse us with is of course um, C3, C3PO and R2D2 <laughs> that's really <laughs> 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 when you think about our silhouette, yeah. that's always that's because I can project holograms from my belly button. I know. That's, well, see, that, that's a good feature. You should it you is, should work you should that out. Often. I don't really, I don't really like wearing uh, no shirt. They're like a thug, <laughs> like a true Englishman. But hang on, I've got one last point to make about this mock the week thing. Right. Let me dissemble an Andy Parsons joke. Okay. This is what he said. Right. Part of the royal wedding involves uh, because Harry's kind of in the military. Yeah. Is it Harry? No, it's Wills, isn't it? Um, Who's getting married? Uh, the one which didn't dress up as a Nazi. Ah, the taller one, the right. older one. Harry, okay. Harry. Okay, right. I think it's Harry. No, no. Will's the older one. Right. It's Will's and Kate who are getting married, fight. right? It's brilliant. He could, wait, wait, one, one brother, right? We're so English, aren't we? We really care about what's happening in the world. I love that one brother gets in a lot of trouble, um, smokes a lot of weed and gets caught <laughs> dressing up as a Nazi. The other one flies helicopters in the army. <laughs> right? Which one's going to be king? I know. <laughs> Well, I don't know which of those qualifications would be best for a king. I don't even know what a king's supposed to fucking do. Um, I'm not sure, to be honest with you. Just... See, it, it sounds funny, but if you, if you if you think about it... A lot what... of people don't want to be king. Well, one of them didn't want to be king. I saw a when it, Whenever anyone says king for the day, I always think, well, what would that involve? Uh, I think the idea is that you're going to start passing laws. But what? You can't. You're not going to do that as the king, are you? I just look where the hat and stuff. It's one of those little things that everyone says that is instantly understood but doesn't make sense. Like you're going home in the back of an ambulance. I'd think, well, if I'm going into an ambulance, I'd rather go to hospital in yeah. the back of an ambulance. My uncomfortable headwear has moved on since the crown. You know what I mean? <laughs> I bet it's really uncomfortable. You think the crown now is worse than well, it used to be? Well, it must be uncomfortable. Unless they've sort of redone the inside of it. I imagine <laughs> it's quite uncomfortable. No, it must be lovely. Probably is heavy. It? I think it's probably oh, soft. I don't think they screw it in or anything, Dad. It hurt your neck. <laughs> Surely it would hurt your neck. 
And you also get uh, like a um, what do they call them? Like a, a spa, like a, a scepter. A scepter. I don't think they have those. Like a cape. I, you know, Dan. I don't. I just. I just wonder. When around. you see the queen, she's not even usually wearing the crown, is she? Even, <laughs> like, even in public. If I could, if I had the crown, I'd wear it all. Well, the... why do you have to be king to do it? You and me, we could get a crown. Not the we crown. Have, not the crown. We could have crowns made. If I can't walk into Weatherspoons with my cape and a spectre and a hat. Well, you could have a like a Burger King crown. I'd be looked at. You me. could have Burger King crown. And um, set, what could your scepter be? Just sort of uh, old man's walking I'd stick. Have, I'd have um, like uh, like of Jurassic Park. I'd have a, a bug, like a daddy long legs, trapped in some oh, nectar or amber. Like or what? Um, what what uh, Dicky Attenborough has yes. in that movie? Oh, lovely! I'd have, I'd have, I'd have that. But a we, could, we could get one. Then. Have a big tarantula in it. Oh, that'd be horrible. Wouldn't like that. A tarantula. Yeah. That's horrible. What, you're just kind of scaring people with it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm king. I can do what I want. No, no. Well. You, you're not king in this situation. We're going to Weatherspoons with oh, the crowd right, and okay. stuff. And, and part, part of it is based on uh, fast food fun and the other half is based on Richard oh. Attenborough. I'd quite, <laughs> I'd quite like to travel around... Like, I'm trying to do Andy Parsons. Right, I want okay, to talk sorry. about Andy Parsons. Sorry. Because I'm so... Dis- I, th- I think it's so rubbish. that He's a, he's pretty much an A-list comedian now, isn't he? Yeah. Maybe B, yeah. right? He's, but you kind of respect him on the TV. This is his joke. Okay, so some part of the royal wedding involves uniform. Right. And he said, we are yet to hear what uniform Harry will be wearing. Now, to start with, he's just going, aha, more about the hilarious Nazi faux pas. More right. about that. More about that. Every week on Mock the Week. More and more and more. It's Mock the Week. It's supposed to be topical, not something that happened three years ago. And by the way, it's not like he is a Nazi. It was a fancy dress party. <laughs> okay? And it's just the fact that he's on about this, on about this. And he says, this year he's going to do a suicide bomber. And I was like, well... That would be funny if it wasn't for the fact that, A, that's clearly inappropriate at a wedding. It's not a fancy dress party. And B, that's not a uniform, is it? <laughs> Suicide bombers do not wear a uniform. The whole thing doesn't make sense. And he wonders why the audience sort of goes, uh-huh. Mm. That's what happened. Well, if anything, you try and look inconspicuous. <laughs> yeah. I'd probably wear baggy clothing. <laughs> um, just look normal. What, as a suicide bomber yeah. or at the royal wedding? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably both. Probably both. Oh, do you know what you're going to do for the royal wedding? Me? Yeah. I don't know when it is or even what it is. Oh, because I forget. Right. Um, Everybody who works gets a day off. That's good. In fact, in fact, it's happening on the day my dad retires, so he gets to retire a day early. Wow. Yeah. How cool is that? That is very cool. Imagine if they planned a big party for him and everything in the office. (laughs) (laughs) I know they can't do it because the royal wedding. That's probably the excuse they'll use. Well, we did buy a cake, we'd throw it away. <laughs> <laughs> it's gone off. <laughs> oh, dear. Hang on a minute. How long have we been doing this podcast? Oh. What is that time? Oh, right. I've got to... I can click on oh, stuff. Oh, I get worried when you start clicking. It's all right. Tuna. You... C major. Ah, 28 minutes. 28 minutes. That's gone quick. We haven't even said... Oh, Anything. What? We haven't done any of the... Thi- this always happens. I've come prepared. Listen to that. Paper. All right, we'll quickly do it, okay? Right. Oh, we haven't even got a theme. Ah, uh, right, it's a new it's a new start. Yes, um, we we're thinking of all different things. We had a brainstorming session. We did. Uh, we thought about. Oh, we, we've uh, got a bit of it on tape, a little bit, which you'll hear as part of the Easter egg for this episode. Yes, yes. Um, but um, we, we we had different ideas. We thought about um, your idea was school subjects. Yeah. So every podcast will be this one was going to be history. Next time we'll do English. Next time we'll do maths. Yeah. We'll kind of riff around those subjects. Yeah. My idea was verses to try and get across the double act nature of this to say oh we are different so the first one will be tall versus small or next time will be 
they sort of run out conservative of liberal <laughs> yeah basically our entire relationship <laughs> is based upon the fact that one of us is small and one is tall and we've already covered that in the first much like R2D2 and C3PO <laughs> <laughs> no we are a bit like those guys though because I'm sort of prissy and uh, austere yeah. and you're kind of cheeky chappy who everyone loves that's that's basically our whole podcast is basically me going oh Daniel Daniel no that won't do at all and you going <laughs> he's always got good. He's like he's like a Swiss Army knife, isn't he? He's brilliant. He's oh, got everything going. Do you, I still don't know. How, is he remote control? Um, no. He's a cool, what do you mean? Is he remote? R2D2? No, like in like in real life. Oh, when they make oh, yeah. it's probably probably several different things, isn't it? It's probably a bit of remote control, a bit of puppetry, a bit of um, actual robot that they get in, a bit of actual uh, droid from the future. You know, one of the Muppeteer. The, would you call them a Muppeteer, the people who control the Muppets? Uh, if you're actually talking about Muppets, yeah, Muppeteers, I think. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, isn't there another one? Yeah, but, all right, Muppeteers. One of them came from Hereford. Oh, brilliant. Well, there was a strong British influence to the Muppets and Jim mm. Henson and everything, I think. Uh, Labyrinth, for example, was um, that was all Jim Henson oh, was Muppet stuff. But it was also um, written by Terry Jones from Monty Python. Mm-hmm. It had got David Bowie in it. It's perfect, that. that oh, it's perfect uh, Samara and I saw a, a screening of it for Valentine's Day that was our Valentine's treat cool. and it was it was probably the first time I've seen it since I was about nine and not only did I remember it pretty much perfectly it, it brings the same emotions it's, it's like playing with your toys because mm. you've got to make a slight leap of the imagination partly because it, it's a bit analogue looking like it's not perfect yeah uh, and it's sort of it, it has aged a bit but it's, it's just like playing with your toys it's not like Shrek where it's so perfect, it's just a just a waste of time. <laughs> do, you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I know exactly. That's why I'm such a I'm so fond of Paddington Bear. Oh, lovely! Love uh, Paddington Bear. Oh. But he he was a he was like a physical character in a world of cartoons, wasn't he? Yeah, uh, he's well, no, he's a he's um, like an animated bear. Animated? Like he's, yeah, he's no, like, he's like, like a, no, like a not, not, yeah. I mean, animated is in like it's like stop motion. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but he's he's a bear. Yeah, like he's a fluffy bear. And all the other characters and all the sets are um, hand like they're pen like pen drawn. That's right. I remember um, uh, cutouts. Yeah, which move, which is very good because they look a bit like the illustrations in the original books. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, but we'll, uh, the, new, the new series. Right? Yes, that's what we're on about. This is the new I'm series. Trying, this is what, right. My my New Year's resolution. Yeah. In March. Yeah. <laughs> is, Why not? Uh, to bring back some sort of. To try and bring us back to what we're actually talking about. Yeah, more structure. Yes, because so, we've been told that if we're going to do the Fringe. Yeah, we've been told Peter Buckley Hill from the Free Fringe. He said, lads, it's a lovely idea. He's basically, he's using my dad's voice. <laughs> I think he thought it would be more commanding for me. Like, anyway, he said, uh, lads, this is a lovely idea, but uh, Skinner and Badil struggled to do it for half an hour. And um, you're not Skinner and Badil. <laughs> I think he's got a point. <laughs> That's very true. We're not going to do for half an hour. We're going to do for an hour every day mm-hmm. for a, at least a week, maybe yes. two weeks. And um, so he thinks we need more structure. But every time we've tried to put structure into it, it hasn't really worked, has it? We used to do. We did a few podcasts with jingles, yeah. and we had sections like kosher, not kosher. That was rubbish from the get go. That was just doomed. <laughs> rubbish. So we're going to have to put more thought into our features. So if anyone's listening to this at all, um, let us know. Just send us a little thing to our Facebook page, Ringham yeah. and Godzilla Alpha Bytes podcast at the Facebook page, or drop by the website, ringhamandgodzilla.com, and uh, drop us a message, because yeah. we'd love to hear suggestions for features. 
And indeed, if you'd like to make jingles for us, I mean, I'm sure Daniel is extremely competent in that area. You can make some brilliant jingles for us. But if anyone would like to send a user-contributed one... That would be nice. That would be nice too. That would be very nice. Um, so we did have some ideas for features, didn't we? Uh, within within an episode. So each episode will have an overarching theme, yeah. much like they're supposed to do now. Uh, and uh, but, but there'll be little bits within that. Uh, my diary would be, would be one of them. My diary, yeah, uh, from the archives. Uh, no, my Edinburgh. Oh, diary. your Edinburgh diary. Yeah, yeah. Sort of just potter around Edinburgh. That's good. Um, see if I can find anything. Talk about celebrities you've seen. Yeah. In Edinburgh, shows you went to watch. Yeah. It would make your Edinburgh more exciting because you'd have to do things yeah. to report back. I couldn't just uh, eat baked potatoes. Yeah, I mean, you could talk about eating a baked potato, but there's only so much mileage you can get out of that. Well, to be honest with you, I only really like them with chilli. Obviously, you have the same thing every time yeah, as well. Yeah, um, could try different places. Chilli con carne, like Jimmy chili Carr would call oh, it. Oh, scumbag. I need to stop. I keep... Right, another New Year's resolution Go on. in March. Um, Bear in mind, this is breaking your last <laughs> New Year's resolution of sticking to a structured conversation. <laughs> this is, I'm, oh, darn it. Is stop using the word scum at work. Yeah, stop. You shouldn't say scum all the time anyway. I know, but I have a habit. I use it instead of person. I think <laughs> I think I replace it. There you go, some scumbag coming around. Uh, <laughs> repair my uh, pipes. That's nice, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Got to go see the scumbag because I've got a bit of a sniffle. Um, my my uh, me and my scumbag are getting married. <laughs> it's such a horrible a scum. It's like the fur that builds up in an old teapot. Yeah. That's what scum what is. What used to get in rollerball mouses, mice, scum, say, yeah. fluff, yeah. Well, why do they even exist anymore? Rollerball mouses, yes. yeah. Lasers, they're the future. That's another d- d- getting off the point. What were we talking about? About the format. Right. But I think part of the loveliness of the podcast is the fact that we can meander around. Yeah. It, does, it shouldn't feel like a honed piece of stand-up. It should yeah. be us talking and whatever little cul-de-sacs we want to go down or whatever meanders we want to do, we should be able to do it. That's part of the finished thing, isn't it? That's why we're different to... The next thing. Yeah, that's very true. Well, also, I, I love the sense of peril that we, we never get stuck, do we? If anything, no. we talk for too long on the podcast. Yeah. We never run out of stuff. No. And uh, do you think having an audience there will make it any different? Um, I think it will, it could help, in fact. Because they can contribute. Yes. And because they'll be there so we can really like, show off. Sort of, yeah, and hecklers are welcome. I think hecklers are good. welcome. Um, we can have people who check our facts, which See, is good. you're saying that, Dan, but most hecklers... Just awful. Like I don't know what material you could get from a heckle. Uh, just, um, just kick them. Just kick them and, hard just, in the ball. Invite them up. Say, fine, come on, you do it. Yeah. <laughs> Talking. But it, at the end of a festival, there's a genuine risk of actually that being a comedian. We'll have a spare chair for heck- well the heckler chair. I think we should the heckler chair. Brilliant heckler chair. Yeah. But I think we should have a. I think we should have another person involved. Yeah. I think the main thing will be us, but we'll have a twenty-minute guest. Mm-hmm. Where we'll talk to someone else. We'll yeah. get, you know, I know a lot of performers, they can just come up and do 20 minutes, yeah. little five minute stand up, and then we'll interview them, have a yeah. chat with them. That's true. That'd be I, good. I, I could find a short guest. A short guest? Yeah, and you find a tall guest. <laughs> we have them on at the same time. But as Perhaps I said earlier, just leave them to it for a bit. I don't see it. I don't look, look for height in people, one way or the other. You've start doing that. Where, if you wear glasses, which the bottom half is like blocked off. <laughs> Right, and then you could only see people. Do only see tall people? <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's oh, why me. this is genius because you are a genius. What <laughs> you were saying in the pub the other day about um, 
uh, there's like an internet meme at the moment, isn't there, about films backwards? Yes. So you say, oh, well, Saving Private Ryan, they sort of retreat backwards across the beach, all these people come back to life, all the vomit goes back inside the bodies, and they <laughs> I don't go, think that's very nice. go, go back to their girlfriends. Yeah. But uh, you said the best film to play backwards would be The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. <laughs> I still can't quite get my head around how that would work. I think work. that would be brilliant. It would, it would you are absolutely right. That's the exact correct answer to what film would you like to see backwards. <laughs> but you never let us down. It's amazing. We basically decided, all in all, that we're going to stick with the Alphabytes. Yeah. Because it's a good format. Well we're, well, we're going to stick with the Alphabytes for this podcast. Yeah. But if we end up doing another medium, yeah. if we do a CD or a live show we could probably not do alphabites yeah we could do something different there yeah yeah um we've got a whole uh thing to tap of our old um kind of school uh work diaries and yeah and things like that which neither neither of us has ever, ever shared with each other uh um, not with like, each other but I, I used to do a show in glasgow of diary diary reading so i, I have done some of this before. i've never seen it though no maybe not which means um It'll be exciting for me to find a bit more out about you. That's true. Um, can, uh, we can we can use it as a bit of a well. Like it will get. Oh, oh, brought, oh I've, I've brought, got a bit of paper. I did bring a little bit of history today right. uh, because whenever I go to my parents' house, I've got three drawers of uh, artifacts, right. uh, things from the past, uh, and I can't quite bring myself scarabs. to throw them away. So, scarabs from the past, <laughs> past scary. The scarabs of time. <laughs> Uh, we, that's what this feature's called. Scarabs of time. Scarabs of time. Uh, and uh, it's it's like you know, as anyone who reads New Escapologist will know, and as Daniel knows, I am quite a staunch minimalist. I don't like to own much more than what I can put in a single suitcase. But there are a few things back at my mom's house that are so kind of precious. I can't quite get rid of them. Little messages from old girlfriends, diaries I kept as a boy and as a teenager. They just can't go. So what I was saying to Dan is this three drawers is like the black box recorder of a crashed plane where the rest is burnt away, mm. but this little core remains. And like Nothing will destroy it, nothing will erode it. It's just I can't get rid of it. I could get rid of everything else. If I threw away all my clothes, even though know, I'm wearing nothing, I'm naked, yeah. um, everything's gone, I've shaved my hair, I've, I've pulled all my fingernails out, I've got no teeth. Ooh. There will still be this little core of stuff I'm doomed to have forever, I think, because it's too precious to get oh, rid of. Could you, you could, I'm not sure. You could, you should bury it. Time capsule, yes, that maybe. Would be good. But the other thing is, we might get rich off it. Oh, it might be comedy gold. Uh, is a thing. Bury it. Tattoo it to yourself. <laughs> a map, <laughs> like in Memento. Yes. Yeah, so if you ever, if you ever have a car crash and yeah. you sort of you wake up and you don't know who you are. And you oh, all confused. Find... And they go, oh, there's a map on your back. And then you go and you find these last few little things. It's <laughs> lovely. But unfortunately, Dan, as with many manual tasks, such as plumbing or carpet laying, I'm not very good at digging holes. And uh, I can't imagine... <laughs> you can dig a hole, surely. I, I can't imagine this hole being much deeper than one foot. <laughs> and uh, also, uh, I'm not going to. I'm not very good at deciding what box to keep it in to keep it safe from the water and the worms from getting in. So you can bet that when I do go to find it, it'll either be completely waterlogged and full of wood lice, It'll or be, just a dog's dog it up. Be an old shoebox, <laughs> <laughs> shallow grave with a shoebox <laughs> with these precious mementos. <laughs> it would just be rubbish. So I'm not sure about that. It's safe where it is at my mom's house. That's yeah, not that's going anywhere yeah. soon. So uh, I think it's okay there. Anyway, uh, today, because whenever I visit my mom, I go through it to see if there's something I can 
be less sentimental about and throw away now. Yeah. And the only thing I can bear to throw away is a tiny piece of notepaper, <laughs> which I think is from my first ever stand-up gig. <laughs> uh, and it's a bit wrinkled because I remember I was so nervous, I was gripping it in my hand <laughs> like this. I was gripping it just in case I should fuck up, I could look quickly at the, the, the slip of paper. And um, this is it. This is the genuine article. So we can throw it away after today, but I thought maybe I'd just briefly talk about it okay. on the podcast. So what we've got here is... Um, do you want to do you want to read it and oh, I'd I'll love look to. see if right. you can divine what it what the routine possibly have been? Right. Uh, the first one it says knock knock. Does it? Yes. Let's have a look. I've got no idea what that is. Brilliant. Right. I hope you. I hope this isn't going to be a theme throughout. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. And then knock, it says uh, that's the first. There's a bullet point and it says knock knock. You will be interested to see that. The words knock knock are actually done in lowercase, oh. um, and the rest of it is all done in um, capitals. Capitals, really? How interesting. Oh. Maybe uh, I was worried I wouldn't be able to read my handwriting. Ah, right. So I'm going to guess it was to do knock knock jokes. I assume so. Well, yeah, because I think this whole routine was about jokes, as you will see with the next bullet point. Right. Though I can't remember what okay. the knock knock material the was. The next uh, bullet point uh, says dog. Yes. Right. Um, and then it's got little sub points, right? Which include nose, nose, tw nose twice, nose twice. I'd have gone for nose times two. Okay. To be honest with you, <laughs> um, eyes only once, feet, cerebellum, right? And access to MS Microsoft Excel, MS Excel. Brilliant. He's uh, abbreviated it for uh, quickness. Yeah. Right now, what that is is um, there's a popular joke here. Uh, I say, I say, I say, and my dog's got no nose. Then you say, How does he smell? How does he smell? And then the punchline is terrible. Right. Uh, which is a classic. So, what I did was I did that joke and then sort of went, Aha, you thought it was going to be something new and it wasn't. It's just the same rubbish joke <laughs> and you've paid. Aha, right. idiots. And uh, then I did different versions of it um, and those are listed there. So, my dog's got no eyes. My dog's got no. What's the next right, one? Hold on. How does how does he see? Um, he doesn't. He's blind. It's the punchline. Right. And then I do this riff about which is terrible because he's a seeing eye dog, and then all this stuff. Right. Um, feet. Um, how does he walk? He doesn't. He just sort of totters around on his little stumps. <laughs> but every punchline is basically a slight disappointment because it's 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 missing the. The point that there's supposed to be a, a funny double meaning. Right. It's like the literal telling of the joke. Wait, I'm not sure where you go with cerebellum. Cerebellum I like because it's more specific. <laughs> it's not just dog body parts, it's biology now. Um, and then it's, oh, well, how does he... Um, what was... Oh, I did have this perfect... I did, what does a cerebellum do? Oh, well, how does he process the thoughts of the day in the form of dreams or something? But whatever it, whatever it was I said was very specific because right. obviously... The second person in the joke would never just conversationally <laughs> say, "Oh well, how does he process the day's information?" Um, and then uh, I say, "Well, he doesn't." And then he's just a sort of drooling mess or whatever. And then what's the last one? Uh, access to Microsoft Excel. And then I'd say, "Well, well how does he uh, do his accounts?" And I'd say, "Well, that's an absurd thing to expect of a dog. I have a child accountant to do that." <laughs> 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 I'm very fond of that one. Maybe I'll bring like, it back. I can imagine the dogs in the old paintings that, that sit around playing poker have a yeah. <laughs> They're very sophisticated, though. Oh, do you want to know a wonderful thing, right? And we'll get onto this before it goes out, so okay. everyone else does it. 
it's a bit of a practical thing. But at the moment, there's a betting website uh-huh. that you can sign up to. And if you sign up to it, you get a free £25 bet. Then you can uh, leave. Yeah, but that's the drug dealers. I know logic, it is, isn't it? but if you don't, if you if you've conquered drug dealers before and you've only yeah. taken heroin once and then then didn't have it again, yeah. then do this. <laughs> right. There okay. You go. Next point. Good advice from Dan. Uh, exit gates. That is a very quick quip about uh, as you're going into Glasgow Central Station. There's a little um, voice that comes on and says, "Could all." Uh, passengers please leave through both sets of exit gates and I say am I supposed to do that because <laughs> it's like slightly bad grammar I still have a little go at that <laughs> right you're not some like quantum particle that... exactly <laughs> did you watch that did you watch the oh we'll come back to that I don't know but I like, I like to do you would only tell if you were an observer which gate Rob was going through exactly Brilliant. so there's a bit of stuff about the uncertainty principle there and about uh, what you want me to go back in come out again because that's how they get you <laughs> right <laughs> surely you'd enter then yeah. Just be a psych- but just imagine having to take every piece of public information literally. Oh no, I've got to go through both. Mm. Oh, I'm reading a book at the moment. It explains if you, it's better to have two two doors, right? Yeah. Which the distance between both of them adds up to less than the di- the, the, the width of one big door. Right? Okay. And it's better to have two. The traffic um, goes through yeah. faster. Yeah. Really? Yeah, it's quite good. You'll have to explain the logic of that one yeah, to me later. Yeah, it's got. I can draw you do a diagram. And there's also a can reason... you quickly do it like within a minute, so that people at home? Yeah, can... and it it makes sense basically because it's literally, if it, people sort of get confused and they don't order themselves, but if you form two doors, you get people going in one and out the other. You oh. sort of like they sort of. Go it's it's like they're forced to make a decision. Yeah. So it becomes a more deliberate act. Yeah. Just... Rather than everyone just hitting each other, they sort of. Is right. that have, have I understood that correctly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That? Oh. that's it. And also. Um, Right, you know when you're in a shopping centre, yeah, and there's like a, a uh, like a wishing well, yeah, or a stall in the middle, yeah, right. That's there for it's for people. It's like for the movement of people because if you have nothing in the middle of a cross, uh, like a junction, yeah, um, people like sort of like Meander. awkwardly step sidestep each other. Yeah. But if you um, put a object in the middle, people sort of that kind of like flow around it. They yeah. form it will go like in a, a like certain direction, like a clockwise direction. They're, they're good at doing that at uh, theme parks. They're very keen to get people moving in certain directions, yeah. so they direct you according to just the ergonomics rather than yeah. Anyway, what's the next bit of the material? Um, Vitalite. What's that say? Vitalite. Vitalite. What is Vitalite? Isn't it? Uh, isn't it a bit like um, Philadelphia? It's like butter, it... I think. Isn't oh, it? Right. Not like I, a... do, I don't remember what the material was right. for that. Okay, did you even read this before we no. before you get me? Right. I saw I saw the dog thing. I just saw it. I went, oh, <laughs> lovely. I'll talk about that because that was right. funny. Next one, Amy Winehouse. Nothing. Right. <laughs> we'll move on. Scotch Monument. Scotch Monument. Yes. Don't know. Nothing. Right. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> right. It was only about three years ago. Next one, from Dudley. It says from Dudley. Bullet point from Dudley. Um, I must have decided to do a bit of comparative material because I did this material in Glasgow. So I must have had some I'm from elsewhere material, which I don't want to do anymore. Right. I watched uh, John Bishop and uh, some Welsh guy on Live at the Apollo last night. And it was just all about... Oh, blimey, I'm from Wales. And, oh, you imagine that, I'm a scouser. And it's just all the same. Why do they want to perpetuate these stereotypes? Yes. It just makes me so angry. So I didn't do Dudley in the end, although I did do Dudley at a recent one in Montreal because I hadn't prepared anything. Right. And I noticed 
in my girlfriend's mom's bathroom, she'd got a trilobite Dudley bug, which we bought her as a souvenir like a couple of years ago. I was like, brilliant, I'm going to talk all about that. And I did the Dudley bug stuff that we did on the podcast once about it being maybe a flu virus. I did that. Right. And uh, I talked about you a little bit and uh, incorporated some other things. And it was fine. Just managed to get 10 minutes of drivel. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I've got another little fact for you yeah. before we move on. Um, the town or city, well, I'm not sure which one it is, Hereford, yeah. was once uh, is quoted in the film Leon. That's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Wow. I've got some more Hereford. Hereford facts for you later. <laughs> uh, right, the next bullet point. Um, it says Leonard Nimoy. Leonard Nimoy is then crossed out. Yeah. But your crossing out doesn't quite cover the word Nimoy. Did you mean to do that? Did, uh, which bit is uncovered? The Nimoy. Uh, it was okay to talk about Nimoy, but not Leonard. Yes. Um, I, I remember wanting to do Nimoy because uh, I read I Am... No, I think this was before I read I Am Spock. I think I'd come across some of, his, some of his poetry, and it's really bad. Right. Uh, and I wanted to just do it on stage, but maybe as Leonard Nimoy, and just go, hello, I'm Leonard Nimoy. Uh, and then do all this stuff about how he's not Spock and do a poem. But I think this was kind of an idea I sort of talked about doing with Ian McPherson. Right. And he sort, he sort of basically just forgot about it, so he just I, I think I just never workshopped it or anything, so it never happened. Anyway, yeah. Right, okay, next one. Uh, again, it's bullet pointed but then crossed out. Crossed out again, what's that? Uh, chat line. I imagine that is based on a blog I wrote about uh, phoning a sexy chat line. Right, um, have you ever phoned a sexy chat line? Yeah, I did. Uh, just to see what they're like because you see them advertised all the time. You know, I was just thinking, how can just someone on the phone get you that horny? Like, it depends what they're saying. It, it does, that's true. So I did this whole thing about right. it, and the only joke from that I can remember is, don't look at me like that, it was research. Lonely, horny research. Isn't that what the man out of the hoof said about child porn? Well, that's what they all say. It's always research. If you catch someone looking at pornos or something dodgy. So is it, do, you think it's, do you think it's worth starting a number of books, just the first few pages, <laughs> as like a defence? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, brilliant. <laughs> Excellent. You should be able to buy them. Just to... <laughs> maybe we could maybe we could start a business. It's like when uh, performers buy a really expensive shirt that they want, but then wear it once on stage and write it off as a tax expense. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, a really good idea. There's a wonderful scene. I'm, in, I'm watching in... out for your next book, your a... first book, to see what is the controversial bit at the front, <laughs> and then I'll know what you're really into. Um, lady a... men, lady boys of Bangkok. There's a wonderful bit in the in the film Twenty Four Hour Party People about the 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 the, uh, the music scene in Manchester where mm. um, kind of uh, Steve Coogan playing Tony Wilson. Uh, yeah, he's being filmed doing his show. Oh, I met a man who was in that film, by the way. Really, we'll, we'll come back to that. Which one? The technician. He's actually a technician in real life at the uh, the Frog and Bucket Comedy Club in Manchester. Oh, okay. Well, there's a wonderful scene where he's presenting his show and he, he asks the cameraman during the link to make sure he, they catch a glimpse of his shoe so he can claim it. <laughs> She's like, I love it. That's a wonderful film, actually. It's very good. It's terrific, yeah. Uh, although, have you seen Michael Winterbottom's other film, Nine Songs? I haven't seen it yet. It's sort of a bit awkward because I watched it with a male friend and it's basically, it's 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 gig footage. Is it Ron Mail from uh, Sparks? No, uh, uh, no. <laughs> no, it wasn't. That would be, I can't imagine doing that. That'd be weird. Watching a... Slightly erotic movie with Ron Mayall from Fox. <laughs> yes. 
I don't think he would even blink. I think you he'd just think... be completely still throughout. And you'd look at him and you go, hey, it's... And he'd just be just staring intensely through the screen. I do love Michael Winterbottom, but I'm still slightly confused about the film Night Song. Anyway, uh, uh, next song. Um, the SAS come from Hereford. Uh, the SS, SAS, not the SS. Oh, the SAS. Uh, yeah. I was gonna say that's quite that's quite a well known one, though. Um, my dad knew someone who was in the SAS, and I think he was from Hereford. So that yeah. figures. Yeah. How about that? Um, right. Uh, the last one uh, is the masturbator. The masturbator. Yes. The masturbator. No idea. No idea. Nothing. Nothing. That one. Um, what these ones? These ones that are crossed out. Did you have a la- like a change of heart at the last moment before? Were you like Eminem backstage? Which and... ones have got crossed out? Len- Leonard Nimoy and Chatline. Chatline's too long. Right. Um, so I can't remember if I intended to just read the material like as a reading rather than stand up, and I thought, oh, that that's just too much for one sitting. I don't know. Leonard Nimoy didn't happen. I know why that didn't happen because we never we never wrote it. It was something I was going to do with someone else, then it didn't happen. Right. Um, the no chat line. I think it was probably just too long, too many issues to cover in one little bit. The whole thing was only supposed to be about fifteen minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I might reanimate the dog thing because, well, first of all, that goes way back to school. Me and okay. Casino Chris used to do it just to, for fun. Uh, and, um, <laughs> <laughs> we both liked the dog thing because it's like it's such a light-hearted joke but also weirdly unnecessarily brutal my dog's got no nose what like yeah. what would it be like that's mainly no that's most of its face it's like what we were saying the other day about um, what you call a man with a shovel in his head <laughs> like, what terrifying joke <laughs> what you call a man with a shovel in his head that is weird because it, it wouldn't work because I never get that when you hear people without a nose and you go what? I don't know what how can you not have a nose yeah. How can you get the gaping hole there? Yeah, is it just nothing straight down like the, the, the person of Harry Potter? Ooh. Oh, Voldemort. Yes. Yeah, he hasn't got a nose. No. I say, I say, I say. My evil overlord <laughs> has got no nose. How does he smell? Well, it's not that important to his job, really. So, no. in fact, that's it, probably why he's evil. He still has nostrils as well. Does he? His little yeah. nostrils. Tiny little nostrils, wow. like um, like Giorgio Armani. <laughs> Have you noticed his nose? He's just like two holes in his head. He looks like the crypt keeper. <laughs> I don't think I could work in a um, crypt. <laughs> the creep crept into the crypt, crept and crept out again. Wow! <laughs> what a brilliant tongue twister. That is a very good tongue twister. I only know, uh, I don't really, well, I only know the, the seashells one. She sells seashells on the seashore. Yeah. Are you sure that she sells seashells on the shore? Yeah, I'd, if I were was a, a seashell seller, yeah. I'd go the furthest away from the sea I possibly could. I'd prefer it if you sold she-shells. She shells. Sounds like vaginas to me. If you're going to sell shells, don't sell them where you can get them just <laughs> off the beach. That's true, bring them to the Midlands. Yeah, go there. Everyone will think they're amazing. You're right. Um, you're absolutely right. What could you take to the sea? That's why uh, the question is are you sure that she sells seashells on the shore? Because it's just <laughs> unbelievable. That's like saying it's like guys to the Eskimos, isn't it? Well, or maybe you... that's the point. Maybe she's so beautiful, she can sell oh. seashells to people already on the beach. Maybe that's the thing. That's true. We're reading a lot into this. Maybe. What could you bring from the Midlands to uh, to the sea? What does D- it have? Dudley Bugs. Dudley Bugs. Goats. Goats? Have you ever seen a goat on the beach? Uh, I've seen donkeys. They're a bit too similar. Mm, that's true. What else is in the Midlands? Canals. Take a canal. We could sell a canal boat. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> sailing in the sea on a canal boat. What does what does the Midlands currently have to offer? Uh, faggots. That's true. That was um, uh, I was on stage in Montreal in a, it was a talk show, and the bloke wanted to know about brains, pork, faggots. <laughs> he just said, "So you're from Britain? Maybe you can answer me this question." What's what? What's up with brains, pork, faggots? And I said, is this just because you wanted to use the words brain, pork, faggots as many times as possible in front of a Canadian audience until we're asked to leave? <laughs> <laughs> I've never eaten. A but it was a brilliant question because we're from the land of faggots, of course. Yeah, that's the main thing about um, about us. <laughs> I could have told him. Uh, well, actually, uh, the word faggot to mean homosexual does have the same etymological origin, I believe, as faggots and fags for cigarettes, they all come from the same place. Because faggots were, it's like kindling for a fire. Uh, it's another word for kindling, like right. firelighters type thing. Right. Faggots, right, that's the original faggot, that's right. the original word. And from that, you get faggots the food, because it's like leftovers, right. little bits of leftover, just like kindling. Uh, you get the um, fag cigarette, because you're burning it. Right. And faggot for gays. This is why the word faggot is so offensive. It's because they used to burn them. Uh, on it, I swear, oh, it's when they burned witches, they would also burn homosexuals. And that's why they're called faggots. They would put them on to start the fire that the witch was going to burn on. Did you ever throw anyone in the sea to see if they were homosexual? <laughs> no, I don't think so. That was, that was an honour just for witches. Just for witches? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lovely note to end the podcast on. Yes. What a horrible... Well, it's true. Not funny, but it's true. So once <laughs> for all, ending Oof. that correlation. Brilliant. Uh, well, it's good to be back. It's lovely to be back. Um, join us again next time for... What episode is this? This is episode one, but we're calling it A. Uh, a, oh yes. A is for beginnings. Yes. Okay. That's lovely. Yeah. The first like, for example, from A to B. Exactly, um, which will be the next episode. We're going to do it in order. What's weird this time. is if you go via anywhere, you don't go from a you the the b, the b then actually becomes on the way, so you don't go from a to b, doesn't it? It's weird. That's Andrew Collins's material. Is it? Yeah, <laughs> you're doing Collins. I Am swear we? to God, I swear to God, that's from his stand-up. The one we saw. Yeah, that's why, because you remembered it and it's gone in. Oh, I hate it when that happens. Isn't that, that what happens with everything, though? It's just to, infer to the, an extent. You're right, but it's touchy in comedy, isn't it? Yeah. Sorry. Material. sorry hasn't always been. Hasn't always been. The old, um, like the Bernard Manning generation of comedians, they used to use each other's material and they'd hear jokes in public. Uh, like They might get told a joke by a cab driver and uh, Bernard Manning or... Um, um, uh, Frank Carson or somebody like that would say, oh, brilliant, I'll use that. They would just find material. like this. The, the idea of ownership and theft of material wasn't a thing. It's quite a new phenomenon, this. Uh, How about that? Okay. How would you like that? Fabulous. Well, one hour... Wait, 20... there's so many things uh, we haven't talked about. Penguins. I bought more comedy material <laughs> from the old days. <laughs> there's loads of stuff. Malcolm Gladwell. He's a pe that's a penguin book. There's loads <laughs> of things we haven't talked about. Oh, what do you want to do? We can't we, carry on. Should no, we, we can't. Should we start afresh? You're going to have to wait till next time, folks. Okay, bye. Tatty, bye. Oh, how do I do this?